Uh, we're starting a new sermon series today entitled Repeat After Me, and we're going to be taking the Lord's Prayer and just taking each section of it and talking about how it applies to our lives. Now, I know this is something that some people tell me they struggle with, is prayer. Anybody want to say they've struggled with prayer from time to time? I know I have. Um, I've talked with people over the years about the difficulties in prayer, the mystery of prayer, the comfort that they experience, and sometimes those frustrations that happen along the way in prayer. Um, you know, I, I think some people have even asked, you know, how do I start? Where do I begin? What, do I say certain words? Can I mess this up in any way? Anybody felt that way? At times, I know I have. And, you know, there's some people in here who say, well, I pray every day, if not every hour, and I am so thankful for those prayer warriors in our lives, but I would bet that even those prayer warriors would tell you that there are times in which they feel like they're so connected to God that they know that they're in this kind of space with God and communing with God, and then there are times those prayer warriors would tell you that they feel like their prayers are being lifted up and going into space, and does God even hear? Does God even care? Right? We go through those things in our prayer lives. Now, I would expect that some of you are saying, well, you've got, you're a pastor. You have it all figured out. <laughs> I will tell you in a word, no. I don't. It's a mystery. It's that holy mystery. And sometimes I get frustrated in it, and sometimes I find just that holy connection. It's the beginning of a conversation. I'm on this journey just like every person in this room. I find myself asking sometimes the same thing the disciples ask. How do I pray, Jesus? What do I say? And sometimes there are no words. In the Gospel of Matthew, at the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus talks a little bit about prayer. I want to run through that with you just a little bit. Now, the Sermon of the Mount was on that mountainside, of the Mount of Beatitudes, and there were crowds of people who had come in to hear Jesus' teaching, and this is the section that he talks about prayer. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so they, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you that they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you're praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Now we're going to stop right there for a second. Your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Jesus is saying, keep it short, keep it simple. Sometimes a few heartfelt words are better than any long-lasting prayer time could ever be. Keep it honest. 
Don't be showy. Keep it real. You know, you're walking along in, in daily life and, and just a simple lifting up to Jesus, lifting up to God, means more than anything. He says, pray then in this way. This is how he tells the disciples. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. Jesus goes on further to say, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This teaching, this teaching on prayer. Now, we know this as the Lord's Prayer, right? We say it almost every Sunday in worship at one point or another. And if anyone asks you, do you memorize Scripture, you can say, hey, yeah, I do. I know Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Our Father who art in heaven, right? You can say it. You can say it because this comes from Scripture. Now, Last week at Leadership Institute, Adam Hamilton told this joke that I have to tell you. And if you don't laugh, it's his fault. So, there's a Republican and a Democrat. And they're in this conversation at lunch, and, and topics kind of get heated, and they're trying to figure some things out, and faith comes up. And the Republican says, Faith, I bet you don't even know the Lord's Prayer. And the Democrat says, I do too know the Lord's Prayer. I can say the Lord's Prayer. He says, prove it. I'll bet you 100, this $100 bill that you don't know the Lord's Prayer. The Democrat says, fine, I'll take that bet. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray, and the Republican says, stop. Here's the $100 bill. I didn't think you knew it. <laughs> the Lord's Prayer. Say it with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. I love seeing the kids out in our congregation saying the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is probably one of the first prayers that they learn in Sunday school or children's church. And I love the stories about how they've learned it or they've heard it. Like our father, like this, this one um, parent who heard their, their child in their bedroom saying, Our Father who art in heaven, Howard be your name right? They sometimes don't understand those big words, and so they insert those words that they think we must have said. And then there's the, the stories of, that every pastor has about being in worship and going blank on the Lord's Prayer. Said it a million times, but 
All of a sudden, the brain goes blank. Just, um, he's not here today. Tim's running a marathon today. Well, he's probably praying a lot, I would guess. Um, But the first time Tim had to lead the Lord's Prayer in worship, blank. And Adam goes, and he's like mouthing it to him. You know, the same thing happened with my mentor pastor's name was Reverend John Mollett, and and he loved to tell the story about Reverend Kathleen Baskin-Ball. She was a pastor in the North Texas Conference. I, I loved Kathleen. She had a rare form of cancer, passed away the same year I moved here uh, to St. Louis, and she was just always so precious to me. But they were serving at a church together, as both as associate pastors, and she was leading prayer time. And she got to the Lord's Prayer and went blank. And she whispered back to John, clicked the microphone off, whispered back to John, how does it start? He said, our father, our father, you know. So every one of us have kind of those stories about how we've kind of moved into that place. And the disciples want to know how to start. How does it start, Jesus? How do we begin this, this prayer of talking with God? He says, repeat after me, our father, who art in heaven. You know, there's something so empowering about learning the words to say to God. Learning how to pray, learning the words that Jesus himself taught the disciples. So what does that first line mean? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Different translations on the original Greek text vary in how they say it. For example, the Common English Bible says, Our Father who is in heaven, uphold the holiness of your name. I would say that is a pretty good translation of the actual Greek. Eugene Peterson has translated it in the message, which is a paraphrase, this way. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Our Father... Jesus would have been saying this in Aramaic, which means daddy. Daddy, papa. You know, that's so personal and endearing. The words that a child uses for their father, daddy, papa. Now, this would have been a paradigm shift in the time of Jesus. Jews would have not said the name of God. God was too holy, too revered to say the name of God. It would be considered sacrilege. And their understanding of God was not in that personal way. God was too busy to be a part of their daily life. So why would we call upon God? So that's why the disciples are asking, how do we do this? I don't understand Jesus this this personal conversation that you're asking us to have in prayer time, how do we begin it? How do we start? What do we say? I'm sure their minds were reeling with this, and Jesus is basically saying, say, Daddy, can we talk? Papa, Daddy in heaven, can we have a conversation? Can we talk personally? And I think also Jesus has said, remember, he's just said, keep it short, keep it real, keep it honest. I think Jesus is actually saying to us, 
talk to him as you would as if a child is talking to him. Talk to him as you are a child of God. Now, we all know kids keep it honest and keep it real, don't we? Have you ever listened to your children's prayers? They tell God exactly what they think, exactly what they feel. If they have a hurt on their bottom, they'll tell God, right? They ask questions, and that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, talk to God as you are a child of God. Lift to him what you're feeling. Lift to him the things that are going on in your life that hurt. Ask him the questions. Keep it real. Now, there's something else that's happening here. Jesus is addressing God as Abba, inviting us into this intimate, personal relationship with God. Now, I realize that some of you here may have difficulties with the image of God as Father because maybe in your own life, your earthly father was not that kind of person that you could have this personal relationship with. Maybe your daddy wasn't a safe place. Maybe your papa was not loving. But Jesus is saying your heavenly Father is. This is about the Heavenly Father. It can be healing to recognize God as the Father that you've always wanted and maybe never had. The Father that gives perfect, unconditional love. The Daddy that is there for you. The Papa that will never leave nor forsake you. But if you can't call God Father, God understands that. Holy God, gracious God, my friend God. All God wants is you to call upon him. But if we come back to Father for just a moment, there's something else happening here. He doesn't say my Father. He says what? Our Father. We have a heavenly Father, but we also have earthly brothers and sisters. The pronouns that are used in the Lord's Prayer are our, we, us. It's about being in community and remembering that we're in this together, that we're better together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed, what's that word about? Hallowed, meaning holy, meaning revered. Holy be your name. God is sovereign. God is creating and is creating. God doesn't just create and then step out of our lives. He continues to create in and through us. And so that that holiness in God is seen when we step out and we participate in God's kingdom. That happened yesterday. As we were in service with one another, about 100, 115 people 
were a part of things all throughout the community. Kingdom House, Epworth, down at Blow Elementary, doing gardening, um, putting together hygiene kits and flood buckets that would go all across the community and the world. And so God was being made holy, hallowed, lifted up because God was creating in and through us to help others, to reach out in God's extravagant love, to be a part of that, to partner in God's power through the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is saying a lot in that first sentence. He's saying a ton. He's saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. A God that is so holy and so revered and so sovereign that the angels will cover their eyes in his presence wants you to call him personally by name. Wants to have a deep relationship with you, that, that starting part, that conversation. Papa, Daddy, can we talk? Can we have a conversation about what I think, about what I feel, about the things that are going on in my life? Because God, even though he's in the heavens and he is holy, he cares about us. He loves us more than we could ever imagine and ever express. He just wants to hear our voice. For those of you who are parents in this room, you get that, right? You get that. You want to hear your child's voice. <laughs> My mom and dad are in their 80s, and I don't get to spend as much time with them as I would like to. But when I call, and I have not called for a while, my mom will always say this, well, I know you're busy, but I sure love hearing your voice. Call when you can. God wants to hear your voice. God wants to be a part of your life. God wants to be in relationship with you. He's not unattainable. He is a daddy in heaven who wants to scoop us up and hold us close. And to journey with us. 